Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Michelle Thompson. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Henry, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Looking forward to this conversation. We're going to chat about automation and outsourcing. Uh, you know, the, the need to work on your business instead of in your business, that's a topic, a very common topic that we've covered many times on this podcast over the years. And that's because in my experience and observation, and Michelle will agree as well, it's something that many business owners struggle with. And it's what keeps them from growing their small business and enjoying all of those freedoms of business ownership. The key to working on your business is to automate and wherever possible to delegate when the time is right. And delegating repeatable tasks are often best handled by a virtual administrative assistant. So Michelle Thompson is with me today to share her experiences and how she now helps her clients automate and outsource to virtual administrative assistants. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page, and to schedule a free consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700 or visit thehowofbusiness.com. Let me tell you a little bit more about Michelle and we'll get into the conversation. Michelle Thompson went from being an MBA graduate with a corporate career to having a second grade IQ level overnight after suffering from a life-altering stroke at only 36 years of age. Literally starting her life over again, she's had to learn how to automate and outsource as much as humanly possible and now she's on a mission to help others find freedom from all the unnecessary tasks that we do using the strategies and systems she successfully created for herself first. Michelle is the founder of Awesome Outsourcing. Awesome Outsourcing is focused on teaching people how to delegate and outsource tasks correctly so they can gain back their time and their lives. Awesome Outsourcing also offers virtual admin services and lead generation services. And she also has an online course called Running on Autopilot. And she's the host of her own podcast. The podcast is called Automate to Dominate. Michelle lives in the Pendleton, Oregon area. So once again, Michelle Thompson, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So lots to talk about, but um, we got to start with your story. I want to go back to, if I got it right, you got a bachelor's in counseling and an MBA in finance and entrepreneurship. And then you went into a corporate career. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So I was a project controls engineer for a large construction company. Interesting. So. And uh, did, did you have any aspirations at any point before the stroke of becoming your own boss? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got the entrepreneurial bug uh, probably when I was about 22. Oh, wow. um, somebody handed me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh. And uh, that started me down the rabbit hole. And uh, as soon as I was done with that one, I found the four hour work week and uh, it was all over from there. <laughs> so before you had the stroke, were you already on your own or were you still in the corporate world? Yeah, so I was still in the corporate world, um, and I kind of had a side hustle. Uh, so I was, I had a blog. Um, we were earning a decent amount of affiliate commission off of that, um, but uh, I hadn't really turned it into a business per se. It was all uh, passive income. I was really focused on the passive income side. 
What, uh, what do you suppose was holding you back from making that transition, leave, leaving the job? Absolutely. 100% myself. <laughs> um, because I was the type of person who nobody could do the task better than I could. And so if I gave it to somebody else, it was just going to end up in rework because I wouldn't like the way it was. And so it was just easier for me to do it myself. And that was the lie that I told myself for many, many years. Um, and, uh, until I was forced, uh, to have to delegate because I literally wasn't able to do it anymore myself. So, mm -hmm. but so is that what kept you from being able to grow this side hustle to a point where you would have been able to leave your job? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, probably because I didn't allow myself to change my way of thinking. Um, I didn't open my mind up to the fact that I could just delegate and basically almost be like a quarterback and, you know, manage from, from afar. It was, uh, I, I wasn't allowing myself to, to let go of all the things and just focus on my superpower. Um, I had to do it all myself. And if I would have let go a long time ago, I would be much, much further than I am yeah. today. <laughs> do you think you still would have though hung on to the, the perceived job security or stability of the job? You know, I don't know. It's really hard to kind of kick yourself out of the nest. Right. Um, and so for me, um, I might not have because it was safe to, to have a side hustle, um, in, until, you know, that got ripped out from underneath me and, yeah. uh, and it, you know, this is it forced to fly, uh, type yeah. of a deal. So, um, I think when I got kicked out of the nest, that was, uh, you know, exactly what needed to happen. Yeah. So share that story with us, if you will, this life altering events that happened to you. Yeah. So I was at work and, um, we were right at the end of a shift and, I was getting ready to shut my computer off and all of a sudden half the computer screen went blank. And I thought, well, that's weird. You know, I, I literally thought my monitor was going bad and I needed a new monitor. So I turned to look and I looked at the wall and, uh, the black spot on the monitor followed me and I went, oh, that's not good. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, so I turned to my coworkers and I was like, Hey guys, um, I can't see. And you know, we, we were a really good team. We had a lot of fun together and they're like, haha, very funny, Michelle. I was like, no, really, I, I can't see. So we, um, we called 911 and I went to the emergency room and, uh, funny enough, they actually didn't find anything. Um, they, uh, there's a story to that. I'll get to that. But, um, at that point we didn't know that I had a stroke. Um, I just had slurred speech and I was dragging part of my side and, um, we thought, well, okay, maybe it's just a crazy complex migraine. And so the doctor said, well, let's go home, get some rest, um, you know, and just go back to work tomorrow, see how it goes. So I did. Um, I got up the next morning, was still slurring my speech, was still dragging my right side. And um, I thought, well, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is, you know, just what it's like. And it just takes a couple of days to, to get better. So I went to work and I sat down at my computer and it was literally like someone had taken an eraser and just like erased everything on the chalkboard. Like it was totally gone. I sat down at my desk. I couldn't remember my coworkers' names. I couldn't, and I mean, I had been working with them for two years. I couldn't remember how to do an, a simple Excel calculation. I had no idea what the next step was in, in my job. And so I actually went into my boss's office and I was like, Grant, something's really wrong. Like somebody's gonna have to check my work today. And he's like, 
uh, that's not good. And like, he wasn't upset about the tasks. He was like, you need to get back to the hospital. Yeah. It amazes me that you went to work that day. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Amazing. Well, I, it was, you know, I probably wouldn't have, but the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. Just right. go, so you know, you thought, well, and so let's shake like, this off and get back to work. Exactly. Suck it up cupcake. Right. right. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, so we went back to the emergency room and they still couldn't find anything. So they sent me to a, um, a neurologist and here, um, honestly, it took, um, almost four months to find it. Wow. Um, and, uh, here, what had happened was I had a blood clot that had gone to my brainstem and that's why it kept getting missed. And the best guess is that it had cut off oxygen for, um, about two minutes. And so during that two minutes, I ended up with a, a, a decent amount of brain damage. Um, so I'm at a second grade level now, um, with my, uh, a lot of my vocabulary has actually come back, but my math um, is still at a second grade level and will always be at a second grade level. We've tried to reteach me and it's, um, it's just not there uh, and it won't, it won't come back, um, which is okay because I've learned how to automate and delegate most of my life. So I live in a super controlled environment now um, because I, one of the uh, permanent brain damage things that's left over from this is, um, I have seizures a lot now and I do not remember things. So in the morning, it's very normal for somebody to be like, okay, get up, take a shower, take my medicine, brush my teeth. Um, I don't remember to do those things. So I have a, um, Google mini inside of my each room in my house, uh, that's on timers. So it reminds me, okay, Michelle, go drink water. Uh, okay, Michelle, it's time to eat. Okay, Michelle, let the dog outside to go to the bathroom. Um, and so we've we've automated uh, everything in my life. And um, so that's where the idea actually came. Uh, you know, we were like, well, hey, if, if we can do this with every single step of your regular life, why can't we do it with business? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where that's where awesome outsourcing was born. And and uh, so initially, were you applying it to the outs to the side hustle business that you were doing, or did you put that on hold? Tell me about that. Yeah, I absolutely um, was trying to apply it to the side hustle because one of it was a, a blog um, that I was that I was doing, and when I had the stroke, I wasn't able to write anymore. In fact, to okay. this day, I still can't write. Um, you can't write because you you can't concentrate concentrate on it long enough because obviously you're articulate and the words come out, but writing correct. is a whole different thing, right? Yeah. So the, the best way to explain it that my doctor explained to me is, um, you know, if you're in New York city and there's all these yellow cabs running around, the only reason the yellow cabs don't run into each other is because there's traffic lights, there's red lights, yellow lights, and green lights. Right. And we have a traffic grid. And so we abide by the rules and, you know, um, we go stop and slow down or in New York city, we speed up. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, so what happened was when I had the stroke, it destroyed my ability to have a yellow light and a red light. So everything is a green light. So everything is constantly crashing into each other. And so I could hear a dog bark or the hum of a, um, fluorescent light and I'll completely lose track of what I was uh, I thinking of. And but so yet it doesn't affect you when we're having a conversation like this. Yeah. I have this room, um, soundproofed <laughs> and it still, still sometimes does. Um, okay. So if I lose you for a minute, that's what's going on then. Yep. I'll come back hopefully. <laughs> or I may ask you, I may say, what, did I, yep, what were we talking about? Yeah, It's gone. What was it? <laughs> so and I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, I think part of it was um, in the very beginning, I was very nervous and very self-conscious about it. Of course. Um, And so that made it worse. And now I'm just like, hey, it is what it is. You know what? I can't remember the word washing machine. It's okay. Uh, It's that thing that you put clothes in. Um, So we play charades a lot at my house (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, uh, and we're okay with it. And so because I've become okay with it, everybody else around me has become okay with it. And nobody's walking on eggshells anymore, which actually has helped tremendously. Mm, interesting. Okay. How long before this happens and it gets diagnosed at obviously that four month period before th- then, if I understood the, uh, doing the research, you realize you, you got to put automation in place. You've got to outsource. And then I think it was friends of yours or other peers asking, can you help me do the same thing? Is that, was that the genesis of aws- awesome outsourcing? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was um, that, very short sentence that you just said was three years. (laughs) Um, And so what happened was I ended up having to do a lot of occupational therapy and physical therapy. And so the blog sat for three years. Um, I couldn't work on it. What happened was we found out that the reason that I had the stroke was because I have a very rare blood disorder that's um, hereditary. And I was lucky enough to get it from both my mom and my dad. Thanks mom. Thanks dad. Um, and, uh, and so what happens is it's, it's called sticky blood syndrome, uh, or the technical term is, is called homozygous factor five. So basically inside of my veins, um, my body thinks that there's a cut. And so it's constantly trying to put a scab over the cut, which Mm. causes a blood clot. And so those very frequently shake loose. And that's what happened that day. That one, um, shook loose and went to, to my brainstem. So when we figured all this out, um, I was at my neurologist and he basically sat me down. Um, and at this, this point I was 37 and he said, Michelle, you need to create a power of attorney. You need to create a will, a living will, and, um, basically make preparations for your funeral because it's not a matter of if you have another stroke, it's a matter of when you have another stroke. And so I had to, at 37, pretty much stare my life and legacy, uh, in the face and say, what do I want? What do I want to leave when I leave the planet? And And how many years ago was that? Uh, so that was four years ago. So I'm 41 now. Did I do the math right? I don't know. That sounds right. I'm bad. Yeah. I'm bad at math also. <laughs> and I <laughs> right. haven't had a we'll stroke yet that awesome. I know of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so I ended up figure, uh, deciding, okay, this is what I want to pass on to the next generation. All the okay. things that I've learned on how to delegate and outsource—that's that's what I want to pass on. And so I started. This, this became videos. your superpower, or one of, I'm sure, many. But this kind of became a hyper focus for you. Yeah, yeah. And what what happened was we realized that um, I'm really good at taking people's big ball of mess <laughs> and untangling it and seeing it in systems. Um, I suppose that's the engineer side of me. But um, I, I see the world in systems. And so for me, it's very easy to take 20 different hats and just break them all down into systems and then delegate them one by one. Yeah. And so that's what I did for my friends. And they're like, holy crap, Michelle, you need to do this for everybody. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so they're like, no, seriously, you need to make a course, right? And so we did what everybody did. We made a course. Um, and uh, the 
the feedback from the beta testers was awesome. It, it worked really well, but the, the thing that everybody kept telling us was, Michelle, this is awesome. This is exactly what we know, but this isn't my superpower. I don't want to learn how to mm -hmm. go hire somebody. Can you just do it for me? And at first I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I only get about two or three good hours in a day. And so I was afraid that I was going to take on, um, you know, somebody's baby, their business, and then not be able to fulfill. And so, uh, after lots and lots of prodding from my friends, they're like, Michelle, just try. If you fall flat on your face, we, we won't hold you responsible. It's okay. Um, just try. And uh, I'll be darned if it didn't work a little too well. And uh, so they're like, okay, you know, this is it. We got to do this. So um, we, we opened the, the agency side and that's now um, the course is actually a very, very small part um, now the majority of the time I actually spend my time with business owners, helping them untangle that mess and turning it into systems, um, and getting it off their plate one at a time. And then we hand it to my staff and my staff does it for them. And yeah. so that's kind of how, how that happened. And when you say we, who is we, um, my staff actually, we have 15 employees now. But um, when you were starting and who were these people that were saying, we, we got to get this going. Oh yeah. So I was very hesitant. Um, just because uh, honestly, you know, the girl that has a stroke wants to open a business. Very funny. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I was like, no guys, like I can't do this. And they're like, Michelle, they're like, we will help you. You, you need to do this. And so my friends, um, not so gently pushed me. <laughs> um, and, uh, so for that, I can be even incredibly grateful because, um, you know, had it not been for their patience and letting me use them as Guinea pigs, um, you know, it would have never happened because right. I was afraid that, that I wouldn't be able to do it or that, um, I wouldn't be able to keep track of stuff. And, and what happened was, um, I just ended up needing to preach to myself a little bit. I just needed a system. I needed a project manager. And once we get a project manager, it was smooth sailing. I see. And if, if I remember correctly, you did get some resistance from family members thinking this is not what you should be doing. Yes. Um, actually to this day, I still have that. Um, it's just kind of something that we don't talk about. Um, they think it's just a nice little side hobby that I have. Um, and, uh, that, you know, well, uh, you know, the girl that has a stroke needs something to do with her life. So this is what she does. Um, and, uh, so I, ironically, yeah. Um, my family doesn't even, uh, really have much to do with the business at all. Interesting. Okay. So you touched on it as you did it for yourself you now have about two to three of those productive hours a day. And that's what you dedicate to running this business. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've literally set it up uh, in so many systems that it, that it runs on its own. Um, so I meet with uh, the clients and help them untangle things. Uh, and then I hand it off to Tanette, who's our project manager. And um, she turns it all into standard operating procedures and hands it off to our staff. And it it runs from there, which is pretty awesome. And you so said you have, have a team now of how many people? Uh, 15. And how many, do you know how many clients you have? Oh, goodness. Um, a guess is probably 30. Okay. All over the country, I suspect. Uh, actually, they're all over the world. Uh, yeah. So I have uh, um, South Africa, Australia, uh, Ireland, England, United States, and Canada. Yeah. And I'm curious as to the business model. So are, do they engage you like on a monthly retainer type of thing, or is it do this, you know, help me automate this and then you leave? How, how does that work? I'm curious. 
Yeah. So it's a, a monthly retainer. Okay. Um, so they pay um, upfront for the month and then, yep, it just, just auto bills. Got it. Um, all right. One of the things that uh, I think it was a, either a blog you wrote or something, but it's the, the three secret ways to grow your business automatically. Mm-hmm. And those three things are fire yourself, focus on growth, duplicate yourself. So I'd like to just break those down briefly. What do you mean by fire yourself? And, and what does that mean initially, especially from a small business owner's perspective? Yeah, a lot of times we end up uh, spending the majority of our day doing all the admin tasks, wearing the 20 different hats that um, we never really thought we were going to wear when we started business. Um, and so what happens is when we uh, fire ourselves and don't let us let ourselves do that admin type task work anymore, that anything that's, you know, 15 to $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens is when, when we get that off our plate, it frees up not only our time, but also our brain bandwidth, uh, to be able to actually do what our superpower is. Um, and so we're able to actually spend our time, um, helping more people and, uh, and, and therefore bringing in more revenue. And so what's interesting is I tell people all the time, you know, actually by you doing admin work yourself, um, you're actually doing a disservice uh, to other people because you're, you're not able to help as many people uh, with whatever your superpower is. And so when I pivot that for them, it's almost like a light bulb goes off and they're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, yeah, I could help more people. Um, and so that's, that's what I mean by fire yourself. You should only be doing the things that re-energize you that really, um, uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're ready to hit the ground running because that is what you were excited about. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. And I, I love how you call it fire yourself because I think that it needs that kind of a drastic, um, word or whatever the right word I'm looking for here, because, because it is kind of like you would probably fire somebody else if they were doing everything that they're not supposed to be doing. You got to look at it as firing yourself also. Yeah. This is Henry Lopez with a brief break in this episode to share a special offer from our show sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings mean new opportunities to grow your business. And if part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. To make things even better, your first job post is free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. And getting started with LinkedIn Jobs is easier than ever. I really appreciate the new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. You can post a job with targeted screening questions to help you quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. And you can do all of this from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash how. Again, that's linkedin.com slash H-O-W to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, focus on growth. So what do you mean there? Is that, are those what, what I should be focusing on is the things that help me grow the business? Yeah, and I mean, that's the... Um the genius part of it, right? So when we free up your time from an admin standpoint, 
then you can actually spend your time doing what your superpower is. Right. And so that's, that's how you grow your business because that's what you're really good at. Um, and so if you can, uh, well, I'm jumping ahead, but we'll get to the third part, but, um, but if you can then reshift your focus into what you're really good at and attracting more clients and you have time to, um, you know, serve those clients and serve those clients. Well, uh, growth is just automatic. Yeah. The other thing, I, one thing I've found, Michelle, is that for some people, they might say, well, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what my superpower is, but I would say then it's those things that either move your business forward, probably their customer or client facing. It's those things that help you decide where are we going next in this business or in this year. Those are the types of things that I should be focused on as the owner, right? Yeah. And what's funny is somebody said this to me once, um, Cause I was the same way. I was like, I don't know. I don't have a superpower. And, uh, they said to me, okay, Michelle, what is the one thing that all your friends and colleagues come to you and are asking you to fix that? You just are like, well, how do you not know the answer to this? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and that's your superpower. And so for me, my superpower really honestly, isn't delegation. My superpower is seeing the world in systems. There are so many people who are creative and I, really don't have a creative bone in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so my friend Shannon will come to me and she'll be like, Michelle, she's like, I can do Photoshop, like nobody's business, but I've got these 15 hats. What the heck do I get off my, my plate first? And I'll look right. at it. And in like, you know, five minutes, I'm like, Oh, here, do this, 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 this. She's like, how did you see that? I'm like, mm -hmm. well, I don't know. How did you see Photoshop? Right. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of the light bulb moment is what do people just naturally come to you and ask you for that? You're like, Oh, how do you not know this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so fire yourself, focus on growth. And then number three is duplicate yourself. And that's a, a challenging one because uh, I don't think I can duplicate myself. Yeah. So here's, I didn't think I could either. And um, part of it was, and here's the ouch reality of it. When I tried to delegate before, uh, I was doing a really bad job at communicating and I didn't even realize I was. Um, and it was because when I was doing the task, I was making a ton of micro decisions instantly and in my head that I didn't even realize I was doing. Um, so like, for example, let's, let's go back to our graphics, right? So let's, um, here's a funny story. So when I first started outsourcing, I told um, my writer to go into Canva and pick a graphic that looked, that showed uh, success. And my writer was a guy and our branding is pink and purple. It just <laughs> happened that way. I'm actually not a huge pink and purple fan. It just kind of happened. Sure. Um, but uh, what I got back, this is hilarious. What I got back was this businessman in this navy blue pinstripe suit with this red tie with his arms crossed with this frown on his face and there was literally an umbrella and a cloud above him my. and i was like oh my gosh you couldn't have gotten this any more wrong <laughs> right <laughs> and um and it was actually my fault because i just said powerful, successful. Well, to him, that was the power suit. That was the business that was, you know, and so what happened was I realized, okay, this is my fault, not his. So what I started doing was I started creating little micro videos, just using like loom. And I started recording myself doing each task. And I would literally talk out every single step 
that I was doing and why. Why was I picking the graphic of the lady in the white suit with her arms uncrossed against a blue background? Um, the, it, you know, because it portrayed this feeling. And um, why was I shifting the graphic to the left so that we could put the um, the logo in the top right? Um, like all those things that we just instantly do. Um, I ended up talking it through to him. And so the first couple of times I did it, it took a lot longer. Now I'm really quick at it. Uh, but you know, my first video on a simple graphic was probably 10 minutes, uh, right. just trying to explain to him what I was looking for. Well, the cool part was, was we realized, Hey, that's on video. And it was a blessing in disguise that he works, uh, the exact opposite shift that I do. Um, because, he was asleep when I was awake. So I couldn't do it right there with him. I had to record it on a video. Well, I'll be darned if we didn't have a video now for that task. And so what we did was we took that video and we then created literally step-by-step -step instructions with pictures and arrows, point here, click here, do this, do this. Here are the micro decisions and bullet points. This is what we need. And what happened was I never had to train for graphics again, because I had already done it. And so what we did was we literally just took one task at a time and did the exact same thing and broke it down step-by-step step so that it became duplicated as if I, I would have done it myself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And the challenge there, of course, is, is I'm listening to that. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'll just do it myself. It's going to take me longer to explain it than if I just do it myself. Yeah. So here's the cool part about that though. You're right. It absolutely does take more time in the beginning. But because I took that extra 10 minutes, now I have 30 minutes back every week that I don't have to go do a graphic. And like, let's say that I could, you know, whip out a graphic in 20 minutes and it takes my VA 35 or 40 minutes. Who cares? It's still 30 minutes that I no longer have to do that task anymore. Yeah. And so now I take that 30 minutes and I go record another video. And so now I have an hour back and then I have an hour and a half and then two hours. And it just turns into the snowball effect of when we take it, when we try and, you know, eat an elephant all one bite at a time, it never works, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you can eat an elephant. Uh, if you take just a simple bite. little bite every, every time. And so, um, if we just do one small task, you have to do the task anyway. Right. Um, so why not just hit record and talk through it, take the extra three or four minutes, and then you shouldn't be creating that step-by-step -step process. You should be handing that off to have somebody else make that SOP, which is actually one of the really cool things about working with us, with our team is we just have you record the videos and then we create those mm -hmm. standard operating procedures for you. You never I have see. to do that. Now, going back to that example of creating that, um, what was it an article, um, so you wanted them, that person to write something, but what about how do you communicate then when it's a different, um, a different tone or a different uh, topic, right? In that case, you showed them why you picked a particular image. Mm -hmm. What if it's a different topic? Do you just then create a separate video on what I want, what I want communicated here and the type of image I'm looking for? Yeah. So, um, and generally you're only going to have to do that probably three or four times. And then that person's going to get a feel for what you're looking for. Okay. And then enough. what I yeah. do is I tell my team until you're used to me, go make three graphics. I want three different options. And then I'm going to pick from the I three. See. I see. 
And then, um, and then they'll naturally get to know, okay, she likes this. She likes this. She hates that. Right. Um, and, and then the videos every time- that you're creating also kind of encapsulate your business's theme, tone, persona, so that it, it, it isn't because you're not, you're not, you're not going to communicate in a hundred different ways. It's going to be with this tone, with this particular voice. Is that fair? Correct. And that's kind of where our brand board comes in. So if, right. if people don't have a brand board yet, it's super, super helpful. And it's very easy to do. It's basically your colors, your fonts, your tones, um, what, you know, what you're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically a cheat sheet for anybody who's working for you. This is what we're communicating. Yeah. And so when you have that brand and then you can just hit a real quick two minute video and say, okay, these are the things I didn't like about these first two graphics. This is what I did like about it. If I could change anything in the first two graphics, it would have been these things. And then I would have liked it. And so they're going to know. And what we do is we save that video. So if for any reason, my graphic designer leaves, I have a whole database of stuff that I've already downloaded. So I don't have to start over. I literally have a folder (laughs) full of videos. And when I hire somebody new, I say, okay, grab a cup of coffee. This is going to take you 30 hours. But by the time you're done, you're going to know exactly what I want. And I don't have to say a word of that. Okay. So one of what I like about the approach you mentioned, how you work with your clients, where I would create a video and then send it to you is what I find is that Although the video approach is easy, people still get stuck because they don't know how to show others how to do something. They don't know how to train or how to spell it out. So they're all over the place and it's just as confusing as it was before. So it, yeah. that, I, I think that people have to accept that for a lot of small business owners, that's not a skill that they have. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, that's my biggest challenge is to, to get them because by the time they ask for help, they're already buried, right? They're already putting out a thousand fires and they're just trying to keep their head above water. And so part of my job, as much as it makes them squirm is to hold them down and say, no, for this task, just give me five minutes and then you're, and and you're going to get it wrong. You're not going to get it right the first time. It's okay. So you're going to give us the video. We're going to create it. And then we're going to go through and say, okay, here are the gaps. Here's what's missing tell us what we missed. And then, you know, we go in and we fill in the gaps. And, and, and so, um, it's definitely, um, communication is a learned skill, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is something that, um, my, my clients love me and hate me for at the same time, (laughs) because, because I will, I will say, okay, yes, this told us about 60%, but we're missing 40%. What do we do here? What do we do here? And you're helping them develop that skill because, because, because as entrepreneurs and and type A personalities, we live in our heads so much that we need somebody Mm -hmm. to help us develop that skill on how to show someone else how to do it. Yeah. Which is always fun when um, we don't have time to learn that skill. So, and that's where I have to, to basically tell them, Hey, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you don't do this, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It stays exactly like this. But if you'll work with me, I promise a month from now, you're going to be shocked at how much yeah. progress we've made. And it's the, the goes back to the elephant analogy. We take it a, a step at a time, a small, small tasks at a time. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. yeah that's uh, a surefire way to fail is to try to dump everything and run. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yep. Okay. Uh, so the question I always have, and I'm always challenged with is what are some ways that you help clients decide, or you think 
would help me decide when I'm ready. And part of that is being able to afford uh, starting to delegate to a virtual assistant. How, how do you help people make that decision? Yes, you're ready. No, you're not quite ready. Yeah, that's a great question. So I have um, two tools that I use for that. Um, one is what we call a task discovery list. And it's basically just a simple Excel spreadsheet that's going to keep track of everything that you do for a week. And we're going to keep track of how many hours it took you. And then we're basically going to filter that by um, uh, job category. Is it admin? Is it graphic design? Is it web design? Is it architecture? Whatever, right? Um, then uh, from that, what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, it, it turns into a very simple math equation. If we can give you this many hours back, can you then go take that time and turn it into X number of dollars? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, you're not ready. Yeah. You got to hustle some more. If the answer is yes, I just don't have enough time to get to all my prospects and my clients. And I know I will have revenue coming in the door. Right. So let's say, let's say it costs a thousand dollars a month for uh, a VA for 20 hours a week. Right. If, if it's going to cost a thousand dollars, can you then turn that into three or four thousand dollars? And if you can, then it's a no brainer. Yeah. If you're like, well, maybe, uh, not a good answer, right? Because the last thing we ever did want to do is give somebody a job. And then a, you're stressing out when you put your head on a pillow at night, because you're not sure where you're going to come up with a thousand dollars to pay them. And B now you've, you've promised somebody a job and then you're like, oh, just kidding. I'm going to just take that back. Right. right. Yeah. So both are bad situations. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, that's a great tool and a great approach. It appeals to us certainly as business owners, because I can put numbers to it as mm -hmm. opposed to some kind of fuzzy idea of it. it. It pinpoints that it's about the opportunity cost. So if I yeah. free up these hours, can I generate this revenue? And it gives me exactly what I was looking for is people can use this tool to determine, am I ready or not? Does it make financial sense at this point to start hiring an administrative assistant? Yep. Yep, absolutely. Wonderful. Great, great stuff there. Uh, by the way, I know you talk about also the difference between an executive assistant and an administrative assistant. Just briefly tell me the difference between the two. Yeah, so an admin assistant is more um, general tasks, right? So they're going to do basic um, accounting ledgers, right? Like just entering in, um, yep, this is where I'm forgetting words, uh, your, your basic expenses, right? Yeah, Into, right. Uh, QuickBooks or something. Um, uh, maybe they're going to be type transactions. Or yeah. Simple, things. like yeah. not accounting stuff, right? right? Exactly. But just entering in all the data, right? Mm -hmm. um, simple social media stuff, simple graphics, um, uh, maybe even, you know, um, generic checking email or doing data scraping. That's usually a virtual assistant. An executive assistant is somebody who knows you inside and out and is going to anticipate your needs. So, um, for example, they know how to respond to each one of your emails because you it's it's basically your personal assistant. Right. They are going to keep track of you and make sure that you stay on task. They're going their job is to remind you when you drift and say, you know, hey, Henry, did you do A, B and C? If not, where do I go to get the information to help you? so that it does get done. And then, you know, how do I get this booked in your calendar? Um, okay, you have this meeting coming up. I knew you were going to need these facts and figures. Here you go. Um, and so they know you much more intimately uh, and your business much more intimately than just the generic um, uh, 
posting on social media or right. data scraping or something like that. And you focus on helping people with those administrative tasks and outsourcing to administrative assistance, right? Yeah, so we can do executive assistance, uh, but if we do, it has to be 40 hours a week because I'm going to actually specifically go out and hire specifically for your skill set. Like, do you use Salesforce? Do you use QuickBooks? Um, you know, are you on uh, Google or Microsoft Office? Which one? Um, and so I'm going to take your actual software and go hire specifically for that person. Um and find that perfect VA executive match for you. Whereas general VA, what happens is that usually goes into the pool of, okay, here's um, 10 hours and one person may have four clients to post for social media and do data scraping and things like that. So that's the difference there. Got it. You talk about, I was curious, I was doing the research in, in helping somebody find or hire the right virtual admin assistant what you call the orange tiger test? What, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, so the I actually have four different tests that I use when I hire. The very first one is uh, the hidden tiger test. And where I personally do all of my um, hiring in the Philippines. And the reason for that is they're really good at English. Um, they have awesome work ethic. And the Filipino peso to US dollar is uh, very favorable. And I am actually on a mission to break the cycle of poverty in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So I actually pay them like, a, like equivalent to $50 an hour in the United States. So I way overpay them. Um, and I give them all kinds of benefits. But anyway, down a little rabbit I mean, trail. It's, it's wonderful. And, and they, like you said, I mean, I've talked to other people who use um, Philippines and they're just, they're, they're, their culture is a match for us. They have great work ethic. Like you said, they speak English well. It's really a, a great source of, of really talented, hardworking people. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I go to onlinejobs.ph. Um, it's just a job board. There's nothing magical about it. It's like career builder or a monster in the United States. And what happens is when you put a post out there for, let's say a virtual admin, I kid you not in 72 hours, you will get 200 applications. Wow. And so, so understandably you've had to develop some systems to, to yeah, go through yeah. that. Yeah. So the hidden tiger test is, um, we put somewhere in the really boring mundane comments, um, you know, put the words orange tiger in the subject line. And so that way I find out a couple of things. A, did they just send me a template that they sent to everybody else or do they actually want this job? B, are they paying attention? And C, can they follow directions? And so just with that one thing, I'm able to weed out about 90% of my applicants. So what, what is it that's so curious to me? So are you just a uh looking for them to refer to it? Or is it a specific instruction related to this Oregon orange tiger test? Yeah. So literally when they reply back, yeah. um, so when I hired my, uh, writer Noriel, um, he was actually, I, I changed the animal and color every time. Right. So he was actually the orange tiger. And, um, and so what I'm looking for is character, right? Anybody who puts orange tiger in the subject line of the email, when they send it to me, gets a pass on to the next stage. But, um, he actually put in there, I have a pet orange tiger and he's <laughs> really fluffy. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. It's my cat. And so that made him stand out really quickly from the other applicants. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And that's, you're, you're automatically going to get, um, your diamonds in the rough to rise to the top. Yeah. 
Fascinating, fascinating. All right, you mentioned this tool uh, that's, a, I think, a wonderful tool to help me determine if I'm ready and also where to start. So I think it does both things. So, so tell me about that again and where I find it. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's called the task discovery list and um, there's nothing super magical about it. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, but what it does is on that page, there's also three different videos that talk you through how I look at a task. And I'm gonna talk you through whether uh, you need to keep that task yourself uh, we should delegate it or delete it. And then I'm going to talk about whether, um, you know, do we delegate that to a piece of software or do we delegate it to a human? Cause if we can get a software piece of software to do it just as well as a human that, you know, if that's more cost-effective, then we should probably do that and then fill in the other parts with the human. Um, so it kind of talks you through all that. So you can actually find that at awesomeoutsourcing.com slash task hyphen discovery. And uh, it'll give you access to the Excel spreadsheet where you're going to keep inventory for a week. And by the end of that week, you will know exactly what you can delegate and how many hours it can get you back. Wonderful. And we'll have a link to it on the show notes page for this episode, also at thehowabusiness.com. And as you said, Michelle, there's nothing, there's nothing overly complicated about it, but I love the, the, the simplicity of it is so powerful, yet uh, so functional. So I, I love those kind of tools. Thank you. That's what makes it work, right? If I think it was so. complicated, yeah. <laughs> we'd all be scared of it. Yeah, it'd be intimidating. You wouldn't do anything with it. Yeah. All right. You mentioned a couple of books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of my all-time favorite books, The 4-Hour Workweek. Is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so my friend Sam Carpenter wrote a book called Work the System, and it is absolutely amazing. It teaches you how to look at the world in systems and be able to take your ball of mess and untangle it very easily. Very interesting. Thanks for that recommendation. All right. Fascinating conversation here. What's one thing you want us to take away, Michelle, about how I should either begin or look at automating and outsourcing in my small business? What's one thing you want us to take away? Yeah. Um, this will sound crazy and I'll explain 90% is better than a hundred percent. And a lot of times people think, you know, if I'm going to delegate this, it has to be exactly as if I would have done it. Well, you know what, if I didn't move the graphic two degrees to the left and it still got put on social media and I still attracted clients and I still got my brand out, guess what? 90% was good enough because I didn't have to do it myself. So just dip your toes in the water and just start handing things off very slowly and you will be amazed at how far it can take your business. And we don't have to be a perfectionist. It's, it's okay. Yeah, well said. And that, that, is, that is the big thing. I think that for a lot of us, including myself, who are perfectionists, we, we think that's the only way it has to be done, but that's not the case at all. And if we'll just stop and think about the opportunity that it opens up for me to focus on what does allow me to grow my business, or like you said, the things that I enjoy doing, the things that I get energized to go do. I mean, that's, that's why we became a business owner to begin with in part, isn't it? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Tell free us again, yourself. <laughs> exactly. Free yourself because that's, that's why you did this. Uh, tell us again, where you want us to go online to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just go to awesomeoutsourcing.com and you'll find out all about our company and how we can help. Perfect. Michelle, fantastic conversation. Thanks for sharing the inspirational story and these very practical tips on how to start, start automating and outsourcing. Thanks for being with me today. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Michelle Thompson. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.